You're listening to the Ready for Departure podcast, written and presented by Private Pilot Steve Middleton. Hi everyone, and welcome to episode 18 of the Ready for Departure podcast. If you listen to episode 17 of the podcast, you'll remember that I mentioned I'd recently taken some more training and completed differences training on the Icarus C42 Microlite. The benefit of this is that while my flying school has two Eurostar EV97 Microlites, they also have three of the Icarus C42s. For brevity, I'll refer to the Icarus as just the C42 for the remainder of this podcast. So what's different about the C42 compared to the EV97? Quite a bit, actually. While they're both microlites with a 450kg maximum all-up weight, the C42 is a high-wing aircraft and the EV97 is a low-wing aircraft. In theory, a high-wing aircraft has better visibility below compared to a low-wing example, and while the C42 and the EV97 share the same Rotax 912 four-cylinder engine, the C42 cruises a bit slower. Inside the C42, the differences between it and the EV97 are even more stark. There is no dual stick. Instead, there's a single centre-mounted control stick with a brake lever similar to a motorbike brake. Both left and right seats have a fold-down throttle lever, and most bizarrely indifferent, the flat lever is above your head, with the lever positioned in the centre of the cockpit, so in theory accessible by both left and right seat occupants. We'll get to the flat lever later, lots to discuss on that one. Perhaps the biggest advantage for me is that in the EV97 I need a seat cushion behind my back to push me forward a bit, as I found in the Eurostar that reaching the pedals and seeing over the dash was an issue without it. In the C42 I don't really need a cushion, although I did try and fly with one just before going solo. It took me four different lessons to get signed off on the C42 by my instructor, the same one who taught me to fly the EV97. So let's talk lesson one. Perhaps a mistake on my part, but before I started the C42 up for the first time, I'd never flown in one before. In fact, I'd never even sat in one. It was all new and felt very, very different. My instructor got in and I picked up the checklist to get Delta Alpha started. Right away, I'm pressing imaginary tow brakes on the rudder pedals. They aren't there. As mentioned earlier, the centre stick has the lever for the brake. This will become a theme for the first two lessons. I get a bit of guidance from Marcus, my instructor, and I get the birds started. Initial call to Barton out of the way and I have my taxi instructions. Let's get going. I release the weird brake thing and we creep forward. As I turn to the taxiway and away from the hangar, the speed starts to go a little higher than the gentle walking pace I was previously taught to taxi at. So I dab the brake slightly. Nothing happens. In fact, we go a bit faster. No, the brakes are not on the pedals. Marcus reminds me and I squeeze the lever rather than the pedals. I'm extra cautious with wing clearance. I've got the hangar on my right side and a Cessna on my left side. I really don't want to collide with either. After what was probably an overly cautious slow taxi, I chat to Marcus about weather and other inane things while we go past the fuel pumps. I bring Delta Alpha around taxiway Alpha, just short of Alpha 3 where I'll do my power and pre-takeoff checks. I set the brake and reach for the control lever, then let go of the stick. Uh, Golf Delta Alpha, you were transmitting the whole way around the taxiway. I look at Marcus, he looks at me. See, on the C42 there's an RT transmit button on the centre control stick where a fire button would be, right where my index finger was resting. I was inadvertently holding it in all the way around the taxiway for probably around 2 or 3 minutes. Fortunately, it was 8.15am in the morning and there was no helimed or police helicopter waiting to make an emergency. I was mortified. A firm, sorry about that, Golf Delta Alpha was the best reply I could muster. Marcus and I satisfied ourselves that we'd not said anything terrible, nor had we held up an emergency or blocked somebody else's transmission, but everyone on frequency had overheard. 
again. Luckily, it was early. Right, I've made a mistake. It's been identified and corrected. I say to myself, I definitely won't do that again. But I did do it again on a subsequent flight. Anyway, at the time, I felt the need to move past it and get on with the flight. Main Air, the flying school I use, have a printed harmonised checklist that is more or less the same for the C-42 and EV-97. This is really helpful as it makes the checks a bit more familiar. I guess that's the point. There's one big difference on the C-42 in that it has a fuel pump. But other than that, checklist is the same as the EV-97. Of course though, typically, every single instrument is in a different dashboard position to the EV-97. I was constantly looking for the dials. Which one is the radio? Oh no, that's the transponder. Oh yeah, and the C42 speed is in knots, whereas the Eurostar is in miles per hour. Great. I get to the flap setting in the checklist and using my left hand, reach over and up and set one stage of flap. Right, I've done it, but in my mind I'm running through how will I do that in flight? I'm worried. It was a stretch on the ground to get one stage in. How will I cope once we're airborne? Well, there's only one way to find out. Let's line her up at the hold. Marcus had previously taught me to line up at the hold at an angle, so I could see the final approach through the right-hand side of the cockpit window. It's not really necessary in the Eurostar since the 360-degree bubble canopy gives you a full and unrestricted view. Now I see why he taught me that. If I hadn't lined us up at an angle at the hold, no way would I have seen anything on final. We get the clearance and I line us up. Ready to go? Yep. Push the throttle lever forward and it seems to keep going and going. I'm worried my arms aren't going to be long enough to reach full power. It gets there. I'm not sure how many millimetres of reach left on my arms, but I doubt it's much. I take the nose wheel off the ground a little and before I know it, I'm airborne. My prior training kicks in and I keep us straight with positive right rudder and affect a best rate climb. At 300 feet, I go for the flap lever. Can I do this? It's a bit of effort, but I set the flap to zero, but I'm not ready for the pitch change. And even with Marcus warning me, it's a bit of a messy climb from 300 feet. I sort it out before I make the turn to crosswind. I'm at 600 feet now and I'm ready to perform my first turn. Marcus talks me through it. Lift the wing first to have a look before turning. Other than that, it's all the same. We leave the circuit and do some general handling stalls. As it was the first slot of the day, it's impossible to get a full hour in before the next 9am slot. So we head back to Barton where I try a normal powered approach. It doesn't go well. Downwind is fine. When I got onto base, the first stage of flap goes in and it's messy. I get us onto final and then try to get the second stage of flap in can't do it. I just can't seem to pull it down and towards me enough to get that last click. The C42 is pitching all over the place, so I lift my bum off the seat and put some force behind it. The flap is in, but it's not an ideal method. I can't remember the landing. I think it was okay, but that was enough for today. Flipping heck, I'm going to need more than the couple of lessons my CFI claimed it usually took to convert. Lesson 2 was a week later, and I almost had it by the end of that lesson. In fact, after 50 minutes, it was me that called it off rather than my instructor. I was feeling a bit demoralised because we'd actually had a great lesson. Did some PFLs and stalls, advanced turns and unusual attitude recovery. The only thing I struggled with was the flap deployment, especially that second stage. This all came home to Rouge when we were back in the circuit and I did some good landings, but was not consistent enough. I think Marcus thought that with a couple more circuits I could get it, but wasn't really feeling confident after some poor attempts and decided I'd had enough. I went home feeling pretty annoyed and disappointed with myself and wondered if I was ever going to get this. Remember how many times I said that while I was learning to fly? Yep, why well, I'm back a few podcast episodes and it was history repeating itself. Fast forward 12 days and I have another go. I'm feeling better, but worried because I've not flown for nearly two weeks. I'll have forgotten it all. Now, where have I heard that before? Dunno, but I've definitely said it.
Lesson three goes really well. I have 40 minutes with Marcus and while I'm still struggling with that second stage flap deployment, I found a way of forcing it in. I'm not entirely happy with my solution, but it's working. Marcus suggests we could try the seat booster. So we land and he gets the booster. In fact, it's not really a booster seat. It's just a seat cover that adds about half an inch in thickness. Can't hurt to try. I take Marcus back up for another 25 minutes and I nail some powered approaches, flapless and glide approaches. I'm not convinced the seat cover helped much, but I was determined to nail those landings and get signed off. More importantly, I was feeling positive and was sure I could do it. Right, I'm happy. Do a circuit solo on your own and that'll be it, says Marcus. He hops out and I do two circuits. Because the first one is a go around due to Helmed Alpha on an emergency call, I complete my differences training on the C42 with 5 hours dual and 10 minutes P1. A week later I'm back flying an EV97 for the first ever evening flight. It had been about 6 weeks since I've been in Eurostar and I was worried about losing currency in my favourite aircraft so it was a beautiful evening and I just thought why not? There's a video of that flight where I narrate what I'm doing and why. Check it out on my YouTube channel youtube.com forward slash Steve Middleton. The following day though I was back in the C42 for some solo consolidation. Marcus had advised that I get some solo experience in the C42 as soon as possible after conversion and while a week was a bit longer than I would have liked it was the earliest I could get a C42 booked. I logged 1 hour 10 minutes in my logbook that day so with a paltry 1 hour 20 minutes total P1 time in the Icarus C42 I planned and flew a flight from Wolverhampton Hapney Green Airport back to Barton with Adrian, a fellow microlight pilot. That trip proved very interesting for a recently converted pilot and featured an in-flight emergency while I was pilot flying. More on that next time. And that's it for this episode of the Ready for Departure podcast. I hope you enjoyed this one. If you did, then please do subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Just search for Ready for Departure. I'd be interested in hearing from you and all pilots alike. What do you fly? What type do you prefer? Please come onto the podcast and let's talk about one of your recent trips. If you'd like to give us a star rating and review on our podcast, that would be fab. The podcast is also available via Stitcher, Radio Republic and many other podcast providers. If you're an Apple hater, you can download the episodes in MP3 format at www.readyfordeparture.uk. Our Facebook page is at facebook.com forward slash readyfordepartureuk. Please give our page a like. Finally, videos of the flights that are an inspiration for this podcast can be viewed on my YouTube channel. That's youtube.com forward slash Steve Middleton. There's a shortcut to the YouTube videos that might be easier. That's r4d.uk slash videos. Put that in your browser. Please do watch, comment and subscribe if you can. Your feedback is very much appreciated. Thanks for listening to the Ready for Departure podcast. Music was by Josh Woodward and Chris Zabriskie. You can find out more and get in touch at readyfordeparture.uk.